Hello and welcome to another episode of Alec Mappa Hot Mess with Matthew Dempsey, psychotherapist. I'm Alec Mappa. I'm an actor, comedian. I live in Hollywood. And I'm Matthew Dempsey. I'm a psychotherapist and multicultural counselor. I don't know why I just stalled on that, but that's that's why I am and what I do. <laughs> that sounded like you were lying. Like I'm a <laughs> wild animal trainer. Right. Yeah, you know, I'm barely terrific. reading a teleprompter. What are you? Well you're enough. wearing. You're in mint today. You're in. Uh, you're. You're in mint. Yeah, it's like a mint velour. I got it. Uh, I got it uh, from a friend who used to work at a store that gave it to me. I don't know. <laughs> That's that sold mint velour tops. Oh God, I'm really killing it today. Okay. You are. No, listen. We have a really, really great show today because we have on Lady Bunny. I'm so excited, and she called me recently. And uh, sometimes every once in a while we call each other and have a conversation on the phone. And lately people haven't been doing that. Are there people that you talk to on the phone? I don't really talk on the phone too much. I have like my one like best, best friend back in New York and we'll hop on the phone and that's usually at like minimum of an hour. Um, but other than that, I don't really, or my mom, but some family members, and then that's kind of it. I don't really talk on the phone that much. I would say that since the pandemic, I've talked maybe a little bit more than I usually would on the phone. And that's been kind of good, but I've, yeah, I've seen some people you? on since the pandemic more than I've seen in real life uh, via Zoom cocktail hour. Um, I have uh, friends in West Virginia and Atlanta that I've been seeing that way. And I've actually seen them more uh, in the past year than I have oh, in the wow. past five years. But it's kind of like it just made me think when she said um, when lady said that nobody ever talks on the phone anymore. I had friends that I used to talk to for hours. I had friends that I, did you ever do this yeah. as a teenager? I used to watch television with a friend as a on the teenager phone. all the time. Oh, I love yes. that. I used to fall on the. I used to fall asleep on the phone with friends talking for hours. Yeah, just on the on the on the phone, and and now it's kind of considered. Um, uh, it, it's weird. And I think that's a little lonely. It's, don't you think, do you think it's like a, it, we're kind of missing a connection by not talking with our friends on the phone? Yeah. Well, you know, I think that that's changed because of the fact that, you know, the internet and then social media and all this stuff. So it gives us a chance to stay connected in a different kind of way. And it, you know, obviously takes away from some of the, just kind of the charge of the, of the real like voice to voice or face to face contact with somebody. So it kind of helps to create the illusion of connection, which can kind of fuck with us because then we think we're staying connected with people, but we're not actually getting the real contact and you still feel lonely at the end of the day. But it's confusing because you're thinking, well, I'm engaged with a lot of people all the time. Why am I feeling so lonely and detached? And especially during this past year with the pandemic, we can really feel that much more disconnected, obviously for you know obvious reasons, having to socially isolate. Um, and distance and things like that. So it just compounds it all. You know, I didn't, when I was living in New York in my 20s and 30s, I didn't really know how to be alone. Like I I, I was always lonely. And I think it's because I didn't know how to be with myself. Now, now I love, I love going to a restaurant by myself and I love going to the movies yeah. by myself because I can enjoy my own company. But like, even when I, like, let's say I'm on a road gig for the first 48 hours, I'm like, no kid, no husband. I'm gonna <laughs> read books. I'm gonna walk around town, and then 48 hours later, I'm like, I want to go home. I want to be with my. Were you lonely living in New York? That's human. Were you lonely living in New York City? I, you know, it's funny that you say that because I remember there was a time 
when I was probably about like 25 or so and I was in my own therapy at the time. And I remember this period of time where I was feeling really kind of lonely and detached and I would like come home after work. I would hop on, at the time it was like Facebook, like on my laptop and I'd be like chatting with people and I would try to see if anybody wanted to get together or hang out or make plans. And if I couldn't get somebody to do that, I would feel anxious. And I remember talking to my therapist about it at the time and he was like, what do you think is going to happen if you're not with other people? Like, what really is the anxiety that comes up? I'm going to be by myself. And for me, I don't want to be by myself. For me, it was really like I felt as though that I needed the constant attention or, you know, kind of connection and validation. So, of course, connection is is very healthy and normal and necessary. But when we're grasping for people's attention all the time, that becomes a different thing, too. So I had to really learn to get still and uh, learn how to appreciate more of my own my own company. And so I would go to the movies by myself and things like that. There were things in New York that I loved doing by myself, like on a, on a snowy day. I remember I went to the Met all by myself, and that became one of my favorite things to do, uh, was just kind of spend the day and uh, walk around yeah, the Met. Totally. But I do remember like, wow, I'm in a city full of people, and I don't, you know, just kind of, my loneliness was connected to, and I had to work on this when I was single too, was, um, it was the loneliness of like, I don't feel like anybody knows me. Does that yeah. make any sense? Especially like, in, yes, it, well, it does. And especially in New York too, because I feel like New York was the original social media where you could just be in this city and be literally surrounded by people all the time, above and below and next to you, crammed into subways, all that stuff. And, uh, and you'd be wondering, why, can, why do I feel so detached? Why do I feel so lonely when I'm in a city of all of these people and with such vibrancy. So again, that's kind of the mindfuck of it all, whether it's, you know, when you're in a big city or on social media, we have to make sure that we're finding real opportunities to connect in real ways with people, even if it is over, you know, like a FaceTime or Zoom or something like that, but getting to connect in, in real ways, not just kind of- Like a genuine connection voice on the other line so that we yes. have like because i don't think like facebook or any of that stuff is a real conversation no it's not it's it's great it is a connection i feel like it's keeping tabs on people and it's kind of yes. like you know i I'm, I'm always debating whether or not to get rid of my facebook page and i kind of I, i'm not on it a lot anymore and the people that yeah. i keep in touch a lot of people on the east coast that I guess kind of keep involved, but I don't post a lot on it anymore. I'm I'm more on Instagram. And even that, yeah, I me mean, too. Instagram is not a real thing. It's kind of like, oh, this is what I want to tell you. Um, I do have uh, younger friends and in their early 30s. And <laughs> when I when I call them on the phone, it freaks them out. I hate when people like I've got friends who will FaceTime me out of nowhere and I feel like I'm getting assaulted. <laughs> I, well, I hate, I hate FaceTime. It. I hate FaceTime is FaceTime is bullshit. Unless I'm in full hair and makeup, I I'm, I don't. I get I, I get freaked out with phone calls too. But that's I think that is more of that's not an issue for you, Alec, or anybody else that likes to cold call. I think that's more of an issue for those of us who get freaked out by it because when have it I should ever be cold okay called just, you? On, have I ever cold called you? No, I don't think so. I don't think so. I'm just saying though, for for any kind of call out of nowhere, that's that's an okay normal thing to do. For those of us who get freaked out by somebody calling out of nowhere, that's more of our stuff of like, why does that feel like such an assault? Okay, <laughs> so, we so can kind that's of what I'm talking that about. It's kind of like years ago, that wouldn't have been a big deal. Right. Yeah, that would be normal because that was the only option. Yeah, pre-smartphone, somebody would have called you on the phone, what's up, what are you doing, blah, 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 blah. And, and now it's yeah. kind of like when you get, it's like, the person who calls me regularly on the phone is my agent. And I always answer the phone. I go, what's wrong? 
Yeah. <laughs> right, because it feels like, exactly, it's scary, because it's like, what, this yeah. is an emergency? And also, my dad is like 91, so whenever I get a call from my siblings, I'm like, okay, is he dead? Is he, yeah. what's happening? You know, so I'm always, I'm always kind of dreading it. But there are, there are friends that I do talk to, that I kind of enjoy yeah. talking to. No, absolutely. And you know what? I feel like we'd be remiss if we didn't acknowledge what we're talking about disconnection and loneliness. Uh, if we didn't talk specifically about this time, because during like a pandemic, I'll be honest with you. I have been going through kind of my own waves, my own kind of mood of just kind of feeling down, not feeling 100% myself, not feeling like my best self, because it's just it requires a lot of uh, kind of emotional awareness and work to just kind of maintain a baseline. So it's like in that space, I don't feel that inspired to reach out to other people. And I think a lot of people are feeling that. And so that leaves all of us collectively not really making as much effort, feeling that much lonelier, feeling that much more detached. You don't want to call somebody up and go, I'm not feeling so great. <laughs> yeah. Like, how you doing? Oh, kind of depressed again. <laughs> like, nobody really wants to have that conversation. <laughs> But anyway, so it just kind of, I think, by, contributes to it. My therapist, every every Monday, I mean, I did, he's paid to listen to me say I'm like, Bleh. But I, what did you, what were we saying earlier? Like, aim for okay? Aim for, what was it, what was that? Yeah. Well, we did have a thing. What was it? Uh, oh, okay is the new thriving. Okay <laughs> is the new thriving. Okay is the new thriving. Right? So, like, let's hit our baseline. Yeah. I do, I do kind of feel that at the, at the, at this point when I know people who are getting vaccinated and everything, everybody's kind of champing at the bit. We just kind of want to get on with it, but yeah. it's still, a, it's, it's yeah. weird. We're in this weird gelatinous, not here or there yeah. time. It is, it is a weird time. And I think even though we might not feel the most compelled to reach out when we're not feeling our best, there still are those opportunities that we should uh, kind of make the effort to do that. Because if we can connect, and it's not to say like call up everybody when you're feeling the worst and like that's the only thing you talk about, but also be willing to speak to people, you know, when you are maybe feeling down and when you do kind of, you know, need to connect a little bit more. Take that chance to be vulnerable is all I'm saying. I'm not so bad. Well, today we're going to reach out and touch <laughs> a dear, dear friend of ours. Lady yes. Bunny is our guest today. Uh, if this is the first time you're listening yes. to the Hot Mess Podcast, welcome. Download and subscribe. And when we come back, we'll have our guest, Lady Bunny. We've all seen the headlines in the news of how someone lost their life in an act of cold-blooded murder. And while it's sad and grabs your attention, most people go on with their day without giving it another thought. But have you ever stopped to think about the life of the person at the center of the news story? They were more than just a headline or a statistic. They were someone's loved one or friend. I'm Mike Morford, and my podcast, The Murder of My Family, dives into some of those stories to help listeners get to know the person who was lost and how their death affected those closest to them. Listen to The Murder of My Family everywhere you listen to podcasts. There are well over 100 episodes to binge on now. We are thrilled to talk to our guest today. She is an icon in the drag community, a comedian, nightclub DJ, actress, singer, songwriter, and talent promoter. She is also the co-host of the Ebony and Irony podcast with Monet Exchange, and she's a dear friend of mine. I can't wait to talk to her. Please welcome Lady Bunny. Yay. Yay. Hi, everyone. Hello. Hello. Hi. Welcome. Uh, hi. Hi, Alec. Hi, Matt. Listen, Alec, I have a bone to pick with you. You said you can't wait to talk to me, and you didn't even return my call. So then you make me crazy, Ooh. and then you get me on a podcast about being crazy with a psychotherapist. <laughs> yes. yes, that was my plan all along. So, 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 
So you isolate me, you make it worse, and then you want to get me on, uh, record me when I'm at my complete craziest uh, and a literal psychotherapist. But I want to say, I've been listening in and I've noticed <laughs> a couple of unhealthy behaviors here because um, we should not be thinking about calling, not calling friends because they are, you know, because they may think that we're in a bad way. That's precisely when you should be checking in on people, not just to cheer you up, but to cheer them up. I mean, Alec, as you know, everyone in our line of work who does gigs involving audiences or dance floors, they've basically been unemployed since March apart from online stuff. So they are not doing well. And, um, you know, that's not even to mention the sickness or the many different um, conflicting information that we're hearing about everything from masks to vaccines. So this is a time when we really need each other. And I don't understand. I mean, like, so, so I don't understand why people say that a phone call freaks them out because I've got even older friends who actually tried to, to say that phone calls could be, should, should be, uh, uh, scheduled. And I'm like, who do you think you are? You're an unemployed right. lesbian comedian. And, you know, it's like, what, 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 why are you so grand? I mean, you're not all that. You for, for decades, I called and you picked up the phone. What is so hard about that? Because texting is very passive aggressive. It is very useful when you um, want to say, I'm lost. Send me the address or text me your email so I could do this. But when you want to catch up and somebody uh, sends me a uh, text that says, how are you? Mm -hmm. I'm not going to sit there and type how I am. I mean, you know, this is th this is ridiculous. You don't. Yeah. So, so you don't really want to be in touch with anyone in real time. And I've been reading about how human touch has been uh, the, the, yeah. the void of not having any human touch yeah. has been, uh, you know, making people feel bad because we're animals and that's natural. So is the sound of someone's voice in real time responding to you. You pick up it on tones for example i could say uh, i could send a text that says do you want to go to the uh, ariana grande concert well that could be um hey do you want to go to the ariana grande concert or it could be do you want to go to the ariana <laughs> right. grande concert like take talk me into it so i mean texting which a lot of young people you know and some of my older friends seem to prefer it is not a good way to it, you don't cheer anyone up via text yeah. and i had some man try to send me an emoji uh the other day some trick <laughs> and i was like oh no uh, i was like i can't even yeah. see what the emoji is so i put out put on my granny glasses and got out the magnifying <laughs> glass and the, the 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 glass eye and was trying to hold my phone my arm's not far enough and it was a scorpion emoji because he wants to sting me but still <laughs> no lady i think i think you're making a really great point which is that we've all gotten really accustomed to not actually engaging with each other and so during this time, it can be it can be challenging for a number of reasons. One, because we've kind of maybe gotten out of the habit of it or we just haven't been practicing that. But also because as I was kind of talking with Alec earlier, it's just like the emotionality of everything is even that much heavier for all of us. So it can kind of feel even more effortful to reach out or to be vulnerable. But I think the point that you're making 
is that it's really great to open up, to reach out and to open up yourself but also conversely, it's great to check in on other people, not just because it's you know the right thing to do or a nice thing to do, but it also serves us that whenever we're acting from a place of service, meaning we're reaching out or we're doing something you know in the interest of somebody else, that also fills up our own cup too. So it's a win-win and it's a way for all of us to practice these new ways. I have something to add to that. Um, it kind of helps like I have in my social circle, friends that I can call where I don't have to pretend that everything's okay. Do you, does yeah. I, and I think everybody if you don't have that, if if all of your relationships are on a kind of a superficial level, I'm only going to talk to you when things are fabulous, then that's going to that's going to be trouble for you in terms of engaging when things aren't going so well. I mean, I'm reluctant to talk when things aren't going so well, but luckily I do have friends that I can call when things aren't going well and I don't have to pretend. Yeah. Right. And, and I mean, you don't have to pretend with your mama. I mean, your mama <laughs> needs to hear with you because she's to hear from you because she's not on several different social media platforms. Neither are the older, you know, relatives in your life. And, you know, the thing that you mentioned, Alec, about, oh, I keep tabs with people on social media. I don't think that if that's an effective way to keep tabs on people because everyone on uh, social media is fronting all the time, yeah. taking pictures of the fancy meal they had in a restaurant, not the hot dog they boiled last <laughs> night. You know, I mean, you, you, you know, it's like we're, we're all trying to, you know, take a picture when we're in a new dress or wig to make us look like we have a sumptuous wardrobe. And meanwhile, we're, most of the time we're running around with darn <laughs> socks and <laughs> jeans with the holes in the knees. So the, the whole the, the, the whole thing of social media is uh, it's a version yeah. it's a version it's, of it's yourself making it look so having said that bunny how are you engaging with people i mean besides calling me and me not returning your phone call i mean this is why this whole thing is taking place now we're having the conversation <laughs> that we should have had last week when i didn't return your phone call are there people that you can engage with in your life that way Oh, there's many people like that. And, you know, uh, I, I will say that it is very disconcerting to see younger people miss my call and then post on social media that Lady Bunny just called. Oh, I mean, no. this is really sad because it's, it's like, in other words, you don't care. You don't care what I had to say. You want a public record that I called you on social media. I mean, this, we can't do everything that we do for likes. I mean, this is a, this is, the trap of social media, and I'll tell you another trap of it, is that so I'm seeing, so, at, you know, when you are alone and no one picks up the phone, you know, I live alone. I'm not in a pod with a boyfriend or whatever, just a few roaches and mice, and um, <laughs> which is great because they clean up after each other. Um, but it, it's it, so I will spend more time on social media. And of course, as a as a fairly sane person who's in therapy uh, pointed out to me, I don't go on social media because it gives, it gives, it puts my agenda in front of me, even if it's not my agenda. So you're like, Oh, I got to forward this, this petition or, Oh, I got to share this funny post or whatever. It's a complete distraction over what we really need to be doing, which is trying to crawl back out of this or come out of it with the project that, we've spent uh, time on. I mean, it's, it's uh, also you, you, you meet combative people, you know, because there's all different kinds of, 
the people in your life when you work in clubs. And I'm sorry, but both the right, which thinks that uh, Trump won the election, and the left, which thinks that Vladimir Putin is the major obstacle to this country because they watch Rachel Maddow, they're both full of conspiracy theories. So even going on social media when you do not have people to call can drive you out of your mind and put you in combat mode because you're seeing so much crap. Yeah, I agree with that too. And I've noticed, I've also, I've I've kind of noticed for myself that, you know, especially kind of a lot of stuff politically can kind of stir my shit up, but all the stuff on social media, there are times that I can, I can feel myself getting really upset or judgmental about things too. And when that happens and I check in with myself, it kind of comes back to a little of what Alec and I were talking about at the top of the show, which is just kind of my own, you know, shit that's getting stirred up and my own um, feeling of disconnect and my own fears and my own loneliness and stuff like that. And so when that happens, then I see, is there a way that I can at least try to reach out and connect? But but really just kind of having an honest conversation with myself about that emotional tenderness and vulnerability. Is there anything like that for you that, that you notice, you know, when you're kind of getting worked up about some of the other stuff? Like, how have you been feeling? Well, I feel frustrated because people who I've grown up with who were on the cutting edge of everything from art to music to fashion to gender to whatever, yeah. they are totally full of crap. And it's not just the right and Trump supporters and QAnon. I mean, there's, you know, Bette Midler was tweeting the other day about how Mitch McConnell, how did he win Kentucky with an 18% approval rating? And she said he effing cheated. Well, she's doing what Trump was doing. She's disputing with no evidence the election results. And then she came out and said something about, was it not payback um, that Texas had this deep freeze? Michael Moore got in hot water. And I respect Michael Moore. Um, I respect his politics a lot more than I respect Bette Miller's politics. But he he was got heat for saying that, um, that, oh, Texas doesn't want the vaccine. So it's like this whole delving into right versus left rather than focusing on principles like higher minimum wage, getting a stimulus check out there. So I just see people lost in this partisan, like vendetta politics, and that doesn't serve anyone. So it's very, very frustrating to me to feel, to see all the people who I, I mean, there's like, there's like three or four good people who I can even talk to who aren't just in like a, I'm defending my camp you know, kind right, of politics. Right. Because I feel like, I mean, you've pointed that out, the social media and, and, and the media in general, it's no longer a conversation. I was saying earlier that Facebook, that's not a real conversation. Instagram is not a real conversation. Conversation is face-to-face where you see your 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 words landing on somebody. You're seeing facial expressions. You're reading the room. And because that's missing from our our, our discourse, it's all turned into defense like you said defending uh, my yes. camp and and the thing about like saying well they don't want the vaccine or he cheated in the election that's that's <laughs> that's that's part of it because it's not a real conversation you're not seeing it land yeah. and i think that yes. contributes to kind of like the the cruelty that is in social media the cruelty that is on twitter i mean the cruelty that is just kind of prevalent in like the trolling and everything because it's like it's so easy to just type something out and not see the the result of that on another human being. 
Well, yeah, and also and also at this time too, everybody everybody's been going back and forth and defensive with each other because we're creating the illusion that the conversation is about kind of practical agenda and things that need to happen. And it's like, that's not even what's really happening here. There is so much of the swell of emotion that everybody's feeling that even though we kind of have different ideas of how to, how to move forward, we can all start to at least introduce more of the emotional context to shit. Like, let's have that conversation because then at least that's maybe a little little bit more of a bridge than us just trying to figure out, you know, whatever kind of legislation should be passed. But lady, like what, what about for you? Like, how have you been feeling? <laughs> I, I, I mean, I, aside I, from frustration, let me interject something quickly. Um, I, I, there's no emotions that we need to get involved in, in, um, mm. whether a stimulus check is $2,000 or $1,400, that's dollars and cents. So you either want 2000 or you want, you're fine with 1400 or you really need the 2000 or you don't want any because you don't believe in big government. You know, I mean, so that's a dollars right. and cents thing. The amount, the amount that your insurance cost, you know, as a result of Obamacare, mine is very high, has nothing to do with the emotions that I see um, a handsome black man who speaks well, who is the president, who I voted for twice. Mm hmm. I think we need to divorce emotion from the, the, the talks because a lot of people are, are defending policies that they feel emotional about the person who we've turned policy into personality. I don't have any, I, I, you know, tr Trump is rotten, yeah. but he is a Republican. And I never saw many people discussing policies of the right versus policies of the left. So at any rate, I, I don't want to turn this into a political thing, but the, the, um, I, I find that the pandemic has made this all worse for all the talk of the pulse shooting being, you know, uh, I mean, obviously it was devastating, but it, there was a lot of talk about, you know, queer safe spaces biting the dust, well, honey, they've been biting the dust for decades and we used to check in with people when they would show up at the club right. and we would, um, we, you know, even if they were like regulars or whether they were like satellite regulars who would come in once every two or three weeks, we knew to say, well, babe, you were falling down drunk, you know, and call them the next day or, yeah. you know, mama, your jaw was uh, grinding so hard that um, are you going to have a heart attack? You're as fat as a pig. You know, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> and, and and old, and that's what they said to me. Um, so, you know what I mean? It's like we we there's a there's a tremendous sense of loss that we have. And I literally sat here, and I don't think this was pitiful. Um, although I felt a little pitiful at the time, I watched Pose for the first time when the pandemic hit, and seeing that AIDS pandemic that I'd gotten through, and the, in the middle of another pandemic that we basically had no, you know the. I was I was sobbing and it made me yeah. learn to get in touch with loss because there's been a loss yes. of the club scene. There's been a loss yes. of the ways that we get together because of social media or dating apps. There's been a loss of good music in clubs. <laughs> There's been a yeah. there's been a loss of people to AIDS. You know, I watched those scenes in Pose and I thought, oh, my God, I was that person not knowing in a hospital room whether I should be cheery and act like there was nothing wrong or be like solemn and, you know, acknowledge that they were on their way out and there was nothing we could do. I mean, it was so I mean, I got to say. Um, that was a real connection that I had to actually call people that was in 
that were involved in the ballroom community or who I came up with clubbing and just say, girl, did this have the same effect on you? And they all said yes. Yes, and that's exactly what I was saying about, that's what exactly what I was saying about how we can fold into the overall kind of like conversations that we can be having, introducing more of the emotional stuff, right? Not necessarily about political uh, things directly, but being able to open up. And it's funny because, you know, you were talking about Pose. I recently just watched It's a Sin on HBO Max, which was Mm -hmm. so good. And it was about the whole pandemic in London specifically from about 81 to 91 with this group of friends. And I was sobbing the whole time, but in a way that felt so cathartic. And it was because obviously the specific story story, but also because it became this kind of like outlet for me to just express what has been a lot of pent up emotion. And the more that we find opportunities of tapping into that, and then like you said too, Lady Bunny, you were calling your friend saying like, did you feel that? Did you feel that too? And now we're connecting more emotionally. And that's the thing that I think has been lacking. Okay. Here's the problem. Here's the conflict. This is the wrench in the works for me is that we now all have technologically a device that will keep us from feeling any uncomfortable emotions. Uh, We have a distraction of the social media, of Instagram and everything. And you have to be somebody who has to be brave enough and courageous enough to to walk through sadness, to walk through grief. And, and, I'm hoping this is this is my question to Lady Bunny because we can talk about where we are right now. I'm wondering if there, you know, maybe after this, if there's gonna be more of a need for us to go out again and see each other again and have face to face things after all of this. I mean, what's your opinion on that? I, for one, like somebody was saying that the Roaring Twenties. The wild parties came out of the Spanish flu when everybody was just waylaid and isolated. And there were all those deaths in the 20s came out right after that because everybody wanted to go out and be seen and drink and dance. Do you think that'll come back? Well, and then the depression followed that, right? Um, so, <laughs> I, you know, I, I, I think that, look, I think that's a romantic notion. I work in clubs, theaters, and dance floors, so I hope that that's the case. But I also went to a restaurant uh, to get something to go, and they'd relax the indoor eating um, restrictions. And there were a couple people without masks on eating, obviously. And I flipped out. And as I left, I thought, oh, my God, you can't even look at someone without a mask on, without freaking out and and in the same room with you. And and how would you ever meet someone, a stranger to kiss? You know, I mean, you know, I mean, how would you ever do that? I mean, I was traumatized. I mean, not traumatized, but I was flinching over the thought of it. So when we do open up, there are going to have to be enforcers. This is not the time to be messy out in clubs. This is not the time to uh, lose yourself with complete abandon to where you're, as I've done many times, picking up somebody else's drink because you're so drunk and drinking it because then it's 10 months of hand washing for nothing. And, you know, this is, th- th- there are not, there's not going to be tipping the bartender. There's not going to be putting a mic to your mouth and saying, hi, I'm Bunny. What's your name? And sticking it in an audience member's name because you're not going to be near the audience and the mic is going to come back to your mouth, possibly with COVID. I mean, I hope it won't be a bad case if you get it because you've been vaccinated, but everything is going to change, not just the capacity, but, you know, I, I, I videotaped a DJ set and like someone got me to play their request and they had two uh, go-go dancers 
And this is a club that wasn't even open. I was, you know, DJing in the basement and they had two dancers, sometimes with masks, sometimes not. And sometimes like, you know, putting their lips, you know, close to each other. And I was like, how could you send this message that your employees don't even know what, what a COVID safety measures are when you're trying to get the right to reopen? So it's going to be a completely different game. I don't want to be a downer. I would love to see it not be a different game, but this is just not the time and as to do what I did to be blasted on booze and which is of course how clubs stay open and to be such a mess on you know something else that you don't know who you're going home with or what you did or you know or whether your inhibitions are so uh you know uh thrown to the wind yeah. that you're going to jeopardize you know, like I say, we put, please, the Lysol's $1,000. This has been an investment <laughs> in the Lysol alone. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Lady, Lady Bunny, I don't disagree with that, actually. I do think that there's there's going to be a real need to just be really mindful. And it's, it's going to be hard because people are just itching to get out there. But to really make sure that we're being mindful to kind of practice all the safety measures as we're easing back into it. But I will say that I do kind of buy into not just a romanticized you know, uh, idea of what things will will be like, but also a very kind of grounded, hopeful expectation that inevitably we will get to a place, even if it does take the remainder of the year, get back to a place where we can be out and about and amongst other people without masks and <laughs> to get to a place where that will be okay, especially when, you know, public health officials give us the green light on that kind of, you know, engagement. And when we do, what I think actually is, and the thing that I'm really mindful is, Humans really have a very kind of short term memory a lot of times. And even though this has been, you know, you know, a good year and a half, almost two years, inevitably, uh, of, of, of having to be so isolated and the trauma that's come from this, I think we're going to be very eager to get out, very eager to connect. And I do think that it not only will kind of revitalize the way that, you know, not just kind of, you know, the club going and bar going, restaurant going experiences, but just how we socialize. And I, and I also kind of maybe this is a, a bit more of the romantic part that other people are going to start to find newer ways of connecting with each other kind of through this whole experience in ways that can actually be a little bit more genuine. They, you know, it took me back to my my club time in New York City and everything was a fire trap. Boy Bar had a basement where we were all jammed together and dancing. Um, I used to go to Crowbar <laughs> and Wonder Bar that had like a dance floor the size oh, of a postage yes. stamp. And the reason I yes. went is was because it, it did turn into a group hump. Like you would just go yeah. onto the dance floor and it was so packed together with people. I don't know if it'll ever yeah. go back to that, but it's like we it has to evolve. Nightlife in order for it to go on. Yes. And I think there will be a need, but it, it won't be the same. It will evolve into something else. Or like the cock. Do you remember well, the there, cock? There, of course. There will be a <laughs> Yes. I mean, they, they, I, I mean, yeah, they weren't too concerned about safety there. I mean, I was, I mean, they weren't, but, um, the, 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 um, the, uh, I think it's great to be hopeful and, 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 and know that this will one day end. But I also think that we need to be prepared for it. I would rather be pleasantly surprised by, um, by it, it us coming together sooner rather than yeah. later. But we also yes. have to be aware that, you know, people who work in my line of work are going to be crawling out of a financial hole yes, for years, true. for yeah. years. So there, so uh, 
other people are not going to have money to go out. And I mean, I can't, I mean, listen, if there's a way to make it happen, I'd love to see it. But with Broadway at, at, at you already having so many like, you know, actors, dancers, musicians, how are they going to space out the audience when the tickets are already $400? How, you know, yeah. I mean, they, they, they can yeah. now have a third of the people. I mean, what's that going to make the ticket price? <laughs> I know. But here's here's yeah, my really. take on it, Bunny. You know, the kind of enter- – I, I, I downloaded your Christmas special uh, during the holidays when I was very blue. And it really, really cheered me up because <laughs> I think the best the best review I ever got I read of yours was from the New York Times. I've never heard an audience um, squeal with delight and groan with disgust at the same time. And, and – <laughs> That's your brand. And I think that regardless of the circumstance, people are going to need to be entertained. And you're a one-of-a-kind performer. Was that the New York Times review or was that the Yelp review from my escort ad? No. <laughs> Squealed with delight and groaned. It was, it was the New York Times. It was the New York Times review. Squeal with delight while simultaneously groaning with disgust. That's what my mother said when she gave birth to me. <laughs> I saw you at Casita del Campo when um, you were singing an Adele song and it was being sung by the gerbil in your asshole. And you literally yes, just you know. held the mic up to your ass and there was a chipmunk Adele song happening. Hello? It was oh hello. Oh my by- God, that's hello? amazing. And we were screaming, crying. <laughs> and I, for one, I'm going to need to see things like that in person. Yeah. And I, well, and I hope too. it comes back. <laughs> that's the good news. The one woman shows are so much cheaper to produce on Broadway than the one with all those pesky actors and dancers. So I'm waiting for my big break. <laughs> Here you go. Live on Broadway. Well, this has been an incredible conversation with you, Bun Bun. I mean, I'm sorry that I just didn't call you yes. back. It has been a, a tumultuous week for me. <laughs> but um, <laughs> we usually have a hot message at the end of our uh, uh, podcast, uh, letting people know um, with everything that's going on right now and the loneliness and isolation, do you have a message for the people out there who are experiencing that? Yes. Reach out to people that you love because they may be missing people and need cheering up too. Yeah. Do it. I don't care what age you are. I don't care how many ways you, how many social media accounts or whether you can text. Tammy Brown's crazy self started leaving me these like recorded voice texts. And I'm like, you crazy nut. Just call me. I'm not going to sit here and press a, (laughs) press a button and listen to your voice. It's like, well, you've shamed me into action. Bunny, you've you've, (laughs) you've pointed out my own bad behavior and I, I will definitely make amends. Um, I'm not going to tell people where your socials are since you don't believe in social media, but you are at the official lady buddy <laughs> on Instagram. Am I correct? Oh, I love social media. I mean, you know, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, and you know what? I'll tell you another thing that's, that's wonderful as the weather perks up, I can do what I used to do before the rough, colder year uh, months of winter and walk down to the pier safely with somebody, you know, and socialize with them outdoors. I mean, you know, that's, we can all do that and it's 100% free. So, um, you know, it's, uh, you, you, I, I love that the weather the weather improving has definitely improved my mood because I can do that. Oh, you're pure in New York City and yeah. you are part of the spirit of the city and we're so glad to have had you on the program today. We love you. Yes. Thank you so much. Bye, Lady Bunny. Bye. 
Hi, this is Rachel Yucatel, and I'm here to invite you to listen to my podcast, Misunderstood with Rachel Yucatel. This podcast delves into the lives of those who have been reduced to a single headline. Each episode will take a closer look at the stories of those who are on a mission to change their narrative. Join me as we uncover the truth behind the misconceptions, shed light on the stories of those who have perhaps been wrongfully portrayed, explore the complexities of the human experience, and celebrate the power of second chances. Who doesn't love a good comeback story? Well, I'm ashamed now. Uh, now I want to call people and be vulnerable and <laughs> sad and real. To be fair and to make the distinction, Lady Bunny was just talking about your behavior, not you. So she wasn't shaming you. She was holding you accountable. My behavior. <laughs> so still, my, my, my personal yes. affirmation is still, I'm not so bad. Matthew, yes. what is your hot message for the day? Um, I think maybe my hot message is, uh, you know, when we're feeling when we're feeling down or we're not feeling our best, it makes sense. We need some time alone to take care of ourselves, but also find some opportunity to kind of maybe push a little bit beyond some of that discomfort. Reach out, um, check in on people. Again, that's something that could be helpful for other people, but it really is also helpful for us, too. It just kind of helps fill our cup up a bit more and reminds us that even if we're not feeling our best, that we still deserve to connect to other people. Right. I just also feel like sadness and grief, you can't postpone it. I mean, you're going to have yeah. to feel it at some point. So yes. it's kind of like it has it has a way of creeping into everything. So I yep. think that, I, I, like you said, I'm, I'm piggybacking because you're big. And uh, <laughs> that sadness is, is, is necessary. We have to go through sadness and grief. It's just part of, it's part of the price of admission. And it's not yes, a bad it thing. It, it could, because on the other side of that is a lot of healing and a lot of balance, yep. et cetera, and so forth. Where can we find you on your socials, big boy? <laughs> At MJ Dempsey Psych for Instagram and Twitter, Matthew J. Dempsey Psychotherapy on Facebook. Uh, you can find me at Alec Mop on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You can find us both at Stage 29 Podcasts on Twitter and the Instagram. Write us, ask us questions, let us know what you're going through, and don't forget to download and subscribe. You know what? We're going to have more hot mess fun. We'll see you then. That's right. Bye, everybody. This podcast has been produced by Stage 29 Productions for entertainment purposes only. The contents of this podcast does not constitute medical or professional advice, do not reflect the opinions of this company, any of its parent companies, affiliates, subsidiaries, promotional sponsors, or advertising agencies. The views expressed by the hosts and guests are their own, and their appearance on the program does not imply an endorsement of them or any entity they represent. For more information, please go to stage29.tv.